You know that clip where my car sounds not as good as the other car? Yes. Is pretty much the reason why I did everything to my car. What, what is everything? Everything. Your current engine rebuild? Everything. Okay. Because at that point, my car was just a CIS. Oh, like, so that was not. It was still, well, it was a CIS short stroke 3.2. Yeah, it was, it was the same motor and build, but different induction. Correct. Correct. So the it, problem I, is it's that other one is twin plug and higher compression and really brappy. Yeah. Well, it was, that's a that's a RSR. It's a 2.8 RSR high yes. butterfly with a real factory RSR muffler. Oh, interesting. So I have the M and K. We both have the same M and K RSR now style. You, you can hear it's not the same. Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. <laughs> I'm Chris. Wow, right out of the gate with a tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah that defines everything. Explains everything. Explains everything. Um, yeah. So interesting episode today. I've okay. been wanting to do Tell this for a long it. time. Uh, Joshy Robots is coming on the podcast. Yes, and. Everybody, well, a lot of people that listen to the podcast will know who Joshy Robots is. He's, yeah, if you're in the, the air-cooled Porsche scene, you've seen him. He's yes. a character. There are, no, there are no short conversations to be had with Joshy. I called him the other day just to say he wrote, uh, wrote the copy and did some video and stuff for the Type 7 piece yes. on Overcrest. Yep. You know, right. He was there. He was doing some work for them, filming, blew writing. Up a motor along the way. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but I called him out just to say thanks. Ends up, I'm by the time I get off the phone, I'm talking about tripping on LSD <laughs> and if I should do it or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> or so, if I should, so this is yeah, something just, you're considering like this, by the end of talking this to Josh. Transition. And yeah. I was talking about this post that he, wonderful post that he made about his father passing away. Okay. And we started talking about midlife crisis and existentialism and like it just oh, always wow. spirals out of control. And yeah. thank God he's like, dude, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay, okay, so, good. So, <laughs> so he had to go. He had to, he had to split. But there's always great. Everyone is looking at the podcast right now and checking how long this is. <laughs> right now, I would be too. Be like, wait, four hours? Four hours? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna go. I who knows? I'm not trying to limit it or anything. No. Nope. Um. Anyway, Joshua Robots is coming on a little bit. Um, but I would like to take this opportunity to remind you about the Overcrest Drivers Club. That's right. Which is overcrestproductions.com do do slash drivers clubs. No, not the S. <laughs> Individual drivers club. Drivers club. Uh, I, 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 the this joke is because every time you say it I know, different, I, know. I have the, been creating a new alias. Everybody knows the joke now, but now my responsibility is to come up with a new one every week. Yeah, well, I'm not doing these anymore. <laughs> I am not creating new redirects every single time. Uh, overcrestproductions.com slash driver club for five bucks you can get exclusive content you could be uh watching this interview live right you could be watching it live on the discord uh but you're not because you're not a driver's club member and you, lame yeah you're lame you lame instead guy. bought a uh a medium americano that's what you bought instead that was your okay did you see me on the zoom i meeting? was okay i was just about to say usually you tease people about like ooh coffee and there you were you're like i have a double espresso something something yeah i was, sh I was, I was like, shaking. okay i was shaking on this zoom meeting that we were doing <laughs> for for overcrest with one of the i thought partners. you couldn't get your coffee espresso machine working it so that's besides the point but i was drinking coffee and it's fine it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's as much as I can give it cool. right now. I, it's, it's fine. fine. It, it's fine. That's a, that's the best I can do. It's fine. <laughs> that's I don't, great. It, that's it, great. I now, now nobody can say, when I say your coffee adventure is stupid, nobody can go. What is a coffee adventure? It's like when, when you're on, like when we're driving out to the rally uh -huh. and I'm in my hotel room and I wake up and I'm like, 
time to go. Right. I get up, grab my bags, throw in my car, I get gas, I go inside, I get a Red Bull, I get in the car, and I'm gone. Five. It's probably from waking up uh-huh. to on the freeway uh-huh. is probably 15 minutes. Sure. Tops, depending okay. on how far the gas station is away from the on-ramp. Right. Okay. Okay. Everyone else uh-huh. crawls out of bed. Uh-huh. Goes, I don't even, I brush my teeth in the car. Why? Because I want to go. I want to Where are you going? Where are you in such a rush? Because. Get up a little earlier and enjoy the process. That is not the process. That's not why I'm there. That's not, I'm not there to stop at a. Chris could only do one thing and we're focused on it. Discipline, only driving. Why are we. Can't enjoy being out on the adventure. Nope. Nope. Because you're not having the adventure. The adventure isn't in the bathroom of of the hotel. The adventure is not at. X is, is not at the Wouldn't coffee place. Wouldn't it be place. cool to like experience a cool little small town coffee shop That's, as they always are in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, oh, you get to talk to the person who owns it. And they're like, yeah, I grew up in California. Couldn't stand it. So I, I came ex- out here I and experienced I built this that. building. I probably and- experienced that the night before because I like to get where I like to get where I'm planning on experiencing. So the coffee shop. That's only open until noon. You experienced that evening. Yeah, then then I don't want to go there. Only open until noon? What are you doing? It's breakfast. What kind of it's job a breakfast you place. Have? Coffee. Yeah. I, well, there's certainly I, not I open past do, 9 p.m. I want to be on the road. I want to be experiencing that sunrise. Ridiculous. I want to be the only one out there. Yeah, and wouldn't I the experience be, be so much by. better with a warm cup of coffee? No, it's irrelevant. Enjoying you it. can get the warm cup of coffee at the 7-Eleven sure. or at the Super America. Not as good, but sure. It's got to be good enough. It's got to be Fine. It's got to be fine. Fine. Not great. The, the least fine. amount of time I, I can spend in the Super 8 and the more time I can spend in my car where I'm driving, experiencing, well, looking at the road. At nicer places then. Why? It's Why? I, I'm there. Yep. I don't want to enjoy this that place. self, like, I, I don't even know what it is. You're just, ah, I'm martyring myself I'm for the adventure. Myself. I'm just trying to yes. get the part. That, I'm trying to get the part that I don't want to do. I'm going to find the seediest hotel, no. and I'm going to stay there. No, that's because Brandon. It makes, yeah, you're right. That's not me. <laughs> you're right. That is him. That's Brandon. I'm like, I go, I'm tired. I get it. Where am I staying? Here. I that's get it. That's what I do. But I don't, I don't go, some I, people, I'm going to be tired at approximately 8.30, so then I predetermine a location, and it's got to have this, and it's got to have a gym, and like all the shit that you pay for on these hotels, it 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 costs a fortune, and you don't use any of it. You don't use any of it. You know what? Usually, people like though is the consistency of stay, right? So, like, I stay at Marriotts because I know exactly what you're getting. You know the process. That's not true though, because they're all uh, franchised. Yeah, it's not always consistent. It should. Be. The most consistent is Holiday Inn. That is the most consistent because one that I've found. Not much you're getting. Well, <laughs> what do you expect, Mister Five Star? Who gives a shit? You, I, I I've only stayed at like one or two. I get there, and if there's other people, the I'm in the I'm in the parking lot. Here's the thing. Here's I, I get it. I get it. Here's the thing. What I do will you get? Say, what do you get? First of all, what do you understand? What do you? Understand. Get? I want to make sure. I know that you get it. So what do you get? I get that it's not about where you're staying. It's about the adventure you're having and the experience. But I will say, you don't need to martyr yourself. You can do whatever you want to do to go out and have an experience and an adventure, right? If you want to be a little more comfortable, great. If you want that cup of coffee in the morning to watch the sunrise, if you, even better. If you happen to get comfortable, Why great. are we arguing about this? I don't know, because it's <laughs> what I do. I don't, if, I, if I happen to be comfortable because the place... <laughs> that I happen to find when I got tired uh-huh. is comfortable, great. Yeah. If it isn't, 
great because guess what? I'm fucking tired. Have and you I was, ever have you ever gone to like a hotel and opened the door up and go nope and walked yes. out and left? Yes, I have. I did that. I've done on, that a few times. Was it our rally? I think it was our rally. Usually, if it's the the thing that will turn me off isn't like the quality of the bed or the yep. pillows. It's the smell. Yep. And the humidity level in there. If it's damp and dank. Why is it I damp? am out. I am out. I stayed at, oh, God, I was in Costa Mesa, California. And here's your sauna slash smelly bedroom. Yeah, I, I, I stayed in a place that there was, like, cracks in the fiberglass of the of the tub. The the wood was rotting up from the floor. It was damp. It was tiled. There was, like, a, co- a coat of moisture on the tile. And I was so tired that I stayed there anyway. And it was $38. It was $38. It was, uh, this year it was $38. So that was after yeah, inflation. That's terrible. Yeah, it was Utah, our final destination. Where did we have the film fest? Uh, Grang- Grangeville. No, U- oh, Utah. Utah, not oh, Idaho. I, rem- I don't remember the name of the town. Point Pleasant or something. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. There yes. it is. Yeah, I go in. I That was our Airbnb. I didn't want to stay. Well, Nikki was with, right? Yes. But yeah, we had so an Airbnb. Like, oh, we well, had let's a little- get our own place. So, yeah, you, you probably don't even know this. We were like, oh, well, let's get our own place. We yeah. don't need to stay with Chris. Yeah. And so we rented this hotel, and this is before we went to the theater. And we get in there. We throw our bags on the bed. We're kind of like, it does smell, whatever. I sit down on the bed. The whole bed goes, Kush! it breaks in the center. See, if you're watching the video, you would get this visual that I'm doing right here. <laughs> and I just sit up. She's laughing her ass off at me, and I go, nope. And all then done. we came to your house. That's all. That's the, all. The it Airbnb. Took, huh? Yeah, that's all. It that took. Was it. And my Airbnb was cool. It was this tiny They're little always cabin. murder houses. A little bit. Always murder houses. My Airbnbs pick. are murder houses. Yes. Every Airbnb you pick, it's like, okay, who died here, and how long ago was that? <laughs> and is it going to be me next? Yes. Speaking Every of time. Speaking of next, the uh, indomitable Joshy Robots is calling it. Hold on. Before you get there, though, what have you got for us? What did you not get for Christmas? I. Well, I didn't get it because I already have it. Right. Petrol box. Right. Yes. If you didn't get Petrol box for Christmas, guess what? You can still treat yourself. Maybe you got that check from grandma, right? Oh, Ooh. here you go, honey. Great. Put it in Petrol or box. Or you could be like Jerry Seinfeld and never cash the check. So Jerry Seinfeld would get these <laughs> tangent alert. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld would get checks from his grandma, and Kramer is like finds these checks, and he's like, how dare you, Jerry, not cash these checks from your grandma. It's what she wanted you to have. She wanted you to cash them. You should cash the checks. And Jerry goes, fine, I'll cash the checks. And he goes down to the bank and cashes the checks. Oh, no. And then, like, two days later, the bank calls grandma and says, you're overdrawn. Yeah. So, like, 90-year-old grandma who hasn't left her apartment in years tries to go find the bank, which is no longer there, gets (laughs) in, like, some dark alley. It's it's a it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a okay. Well, what's better than that is petrol so, box. So spend your checks, otherwise your grandma's exactly. getting it up in a dark alley. Exactly. That's why you need to buy petrol box. Buy petrol box. Mypetrolbox.com for as little as nineteen ninety five. Uh, just go to petrolbox.com to find out. Yeah, subscription. It's, it's great. You get a discount for it. using code Overcrest. That's right. And your grandma won't end up in a dark alley. And it's the gift that keeps on giving. It it's is. like the Jelly a Month Club, but. Clark Griswold would not be upset about this one. I've never seen that. I know. You don't. I, you're you're right, very guys. strange in what you watch and don't watch. Let's hang out with Joshy Robots. Mr. Joshy Robots. How's it going? Joshua man? Robots. Thank you. Joshua Robots. That's, is that because we're in like a formal That's situation? That's my government here? name. 
<laughs> I have to ask, and I've never asked this before, and I've always wondered, what is what is a what is a Joshi robot? Um, so that's a very good question. And as I am a creature of the internet, you better damn well believe I uh, looked up the hashtag before I started playing with it to make sure um, <laughs> that I wasn't swimming in somebody else's waters. And there was some TV show character. I don't own a TV, so I don't, I don't, I didn't have any reference for what the show was, but it was like a pretty, like, you know, uh, after school special TV show where there was a character whose name was Joshi and he made robots. So there's a thing. The thing existed before I came into the world. And I can't say that it, uh, that I didn't definitely improve on what that thing was, but what is a Joshi robot? So can you describe what, what was, what was it? What did it look like? The original again, not me. Um, I de- never saw the reference for it. It was only like this character who made robots and the character's name was Joshi. Um, Why was he making robots? I have robots? no idea. And, it, and, 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 and it, like the fact that I have no idea gives you a little insight into just how uninteresting that rabbit hole was, um, which is saying <laughs> a lot for the internet, right? So at that point, right. I realized it's like, okay, green light, I can run with this. I can make something out of this. Um, it's one of those things in like advertising and branding, right? Like names are bullshit until you imbue meaning in them. So before you start treading down that path, you want to make sure that there isn't already meaning that you're, that, you know, you're, you're robbing from someone else. So that was part of my, uh, you know, rollout research. Um, and then, and then once I realized like, oh, this reference, nobody's, (laughs) nobody's going to come looking for this. Uh, we're good. So what does it what does it mean to you now? What has it evolved into? You know, because yes. obviously it's evolved a lot since then. So interestingly, um, give you the give you the sort of the, the 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 slow rolling crawl of of a birth of of the brand. Um, basically, we uh, we were living in San Francisco, and it had been a couple of years since we owned a car, as one doesn't in San Francisco. And we kept renting cars to go snowboarding up in Tahoe. And it got to the point where it was like, we're spending so much time on all these zip cars trying to hunt, you know, track them down around town to hop in them and, and then paying for them to get up the hill. Let's just buy a car. Fuck it. We'll buy a car and street park it. And so we started sort of digging into what that could be for a person who doesn't own a car, but has always been a driver. That's kind of like kid in a candy store, the depths of Craigslist, right? And so we started looking at stuff and, and we were really hot actually on a Willie's Jeep that was just rough and raggedy. And everybody that I talked to that owned them were just sort of like the reason why you don't see people driving these is because you can't drive like this. You know, it's not going to do 35 on the freeway. Um, so yeah. we immediately kind of put the brakes on that. And then we had this epiphany. My brother lives up in the foothills and um, we have a family uh, vehicles, a, a 72 Bronco. And we realized if we can get up, like if it snows and we get up to the foothills, we'll just hop in the Bronco and take the rest of the way up the hill. So basically what that meant was we need a, a car to get from San Francisco across the width of California to the foothills. Well, that can be anything, right? Cause the roads around here, they, right. they, they clear them pretty, pretty consistently. And that's when the idea of an old 911 came up. It was basic. I was never the Porsche kid. I was never the kid with the, oh, I had it on my wall as a kid, the poster and all that kind of nonsense. Um, 
I had this weird, like, for a while, when I was much younger and I was just starting to get into Porsches, yes. I felt like I had to justify it somehow. Like I had to be like, oh, yeah, that was yes. me. That, uh, yeah, that, oh, that was Because there's me. such a cult to and, it that as an outsider, you're sort of like, do I get to be a part of this? And in fact, right. that was part yeah. of our comeuppance is, you know, this is, we're talking like uh, 2012, 2013, um, when eyes started focusing on early 9-11s. And um, interestingly, that article you wrote about taking a road trip down to Georgia or somewhere was one of the things that kind of, it gave me a sense that there was room in this world for people like me people who love to just drive and, you know, wanderlust and, um, and, you know, driving for driving's sake exists in this community. Um, up until that point, the only experience that I had with vintage cars, I grew up around, like I was saying, uh, 60s Fords, Broncos and Mustangs. And those communities, you know, there's, there's some overlanding in the Bronco world. Um, but Mustang people are basically just, you know, like hot rodders. Um, and so I never, you know, my my love of just getting lost in the twisties uh, didn't exist in a community form. So reading your article, seeing that that existed, probably reading a little too much into your article, right? Because that was a lot of that was about you as opposed to about the community mm-hmm. um, that actually existed. But it was yeah. one of those things. I was going to say, I don't know if it really existed totally. at that time. It and, was, and, and, and interestingly, yeah. as a sort of like a foreshadowing of Joshy Robots, pieces like that become a flag in the sand, right? Where a person um, enters, steps into a community that already has riches, but is getting a little stale, the, the old 9-11 community. It's starting to recycle itself. Um, and they plant a, a flag and an idea of an idea in the sand, which at that point, as the value of the vehicles were going up, people driving them started going down. And in fact, the people who had been driving them for a couple decades, you know, the, the nerdy engineering types who kind of came into the community maybe 20 years prior, um, they were getting a little older and now their, their tinkering days were over. Their cars were tight and complete. And, and so it got to be a lot more, you know, especially the, the irony of course is that these are driver's cars, right? The, the engineers made them as workhorses. And so there was this weird dichotomy of uh, a vehicle that was made to put down miles. It's a dri- it is like as driver's cars go, it is completely impractical unless what you're doing is having fun behind the wheel. And in which case it's like the most practical thing that can exist. Um, so you planting those ideas and, and me seeing that, and then that, actually that in combination with um, a write-up on my buddy, Jim Bowers, uh, mint green car at the time he was living in Los Angeles since, since moved to Austin. Um, but he had a little write-up in Petrolicious. Um, it was basically just like a style piece. He had a, a I think it was a, an SC that he had backdated, um, painted mint grun and put, Serape blanket inserts on his early GT seats. And that was a similar thing where it was like, oh, this dude's a weirdo. There's room for weirdos in this community. There's dudes for with you know wanderlust and there's there's weirdos with with fly style. Okay, maybe like maybe there's room for us in here. So we started yeah, yeah, yeah. poking around, uh, looking for an early 9-11. And it, and it had to be early because it was like, you know, as soon as 
originally I was looking at the eighties cars for reliability. Cause I knew what I was about to do, but then I saw the early stuff with the bright work and I was like, nah, sorry, it's got, this has got to be it. Right. Um, so we found one. It was, it wasn't a bucket on purpose. It was pretty rough though. Um, the way we came up on it was that uh, on our group, dude, um, I should say, cause our group plays into our story. Um, pretty heavily so just just as like a quick preamble our group is a community of people who basically uh pioneered the um the the kink of sports purpose there's a sports purpose catalog in the early days and this is folks in the late 90s early 2000s who dug that stuff up and as an aesthetic choice decided to to develop their cars in that style in that vein so like you know not necessarily club racer but kind of like a weekend sports kind of a thing and the look was basically like Fuchs and DuckTales and like everything proper and correct. Um, yep. It was its own little flag. It was. And it was a very like it was it was such a consistent thing. And also we should get into this because I want to talk to you about the notion of outlaws. But we'll get to that. Um, it was it was sort of like if they zig, we're going to zag. Right. Like people who were restoring 911s in this period were either doing it proper like restoring the vehicle because it's a you know 60s 70s car or they were doing the art group thing if they were really wild um not to say that there's much wild about that but it gives you a sense of the like how far are folks going right like they're not they're not straight yeah but the, the R group was not like uh those cars to all still cost a ton. For sure. I mean, all the mods and everything they're doing to those cars and to be, like, invited into that yes. group. Your car had to be, like, a pretty high-tier Sort car. of. I mean, it wasn't, early like, days, yours Early days, not the case, right? That's why I say when these, when these folks started getting into it, um, you know, the cars were basically invisible. In fact, if there was, a, like, an old Beetle parked next to an old 911, the old 911 would just be invisible and the Beetle would be like, oh, let's go check that thing out, California Beetle, right? Like, right. you had to be an engineering nerd or some other way in, like we were talking about the Colt of Porsche. There had, you had to have some specific attraction to those early cars because over the history of them, I mean, it's like a curse and a blessing that Porsche kept developing the platform um, because that allowed it such that the early cars kind of became old and stinky and lame and slow. And then as things developed and progressed, they just got quicker and sexier and more futuristic, um, which made that early stuff, like we look at it now, it's like, oh, that shit's, that's like foundational, right? But if you think about what the early cars looked like, maybe standing from the 80s, looking backwards, it's dumpy, right? Like, Yeah, everything, got, look at all those lame 70s yes. colors, browns and yellows. Yeah. Paint that shit red yes, now. Yes, yes, on every <laughs> level. Please paint my bright work, you know, trim black, uh, body yeah. match everything, and on and on. There's dudes that would put electrical tape over the bright work because they just didn't want to Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> so, so, um, so we found our vehicle. This is the, the, the R group backstory circles around. And our group dude uh, from the Bay, Basically, there's two big R group hubs. There's Bay Area, Northern California, and Los Angeles. An R group dude from the Bay found it on Craigslist, bought it side end scene uh, out of South Carolina, had it shipped out literally to just like flip it. He did not care. He knew it had a VIN number. That's all he needed. Because this is, like I said, this is, this is 
mid 2013 when the market's just shooting and everybody's just like, all I need is a chassis to build my hot rod, right? Our group as a look is hot and specific. It's a, it's a specific thing. And everybody wants one of those cars, especially here in the Bay. It's like, it's like the thing. There's so much stuff happened at that period of time. I mean, so many things. So the dude I bought it from fella, um, from Walnut Creek, which is kind of like a East Bay community of yuppies. Um, he pulled up the carpets and like literally you could see the earth below and he's all excited. Cause like, here's this project car. And unfortunately his wife was looking over his shoulder and she saw the earth below and she's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. so that shit went back up on Craigslist and guess who's the chump who found it. Um, I sent some photos of all of the cancer to my brother who like, he's how I got into early Fords. He restores Mustangs. Um, and I was like, can, can we handle this? And like, yeah, no sweat, no problem. And so initially the, the, and it was, oh, it was ratty. It was rough, but it had the matching two liter in it, which was, I was told was like, oh yeah, good, good on you. Um, initially the plan. Six, or, six or seven. Inches yes. Ago. Uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been a minute. Um, the plan was make it pretty, do what you do, right? Like, what do we do with these early cars? We restore them back to proper factory. Look, um, the problem was it was a runner. And so the wifey and I, we started going out on adventures. And then it was one of those things where it's like, um, we, we can't sacrifice the time to put thing, this thing up on blocks because we're having too much fun in it. And we would break little things here and there or it was like sketchy and crusty. So like, you know, shit would fail. And then we would fix whatever that little bit of minutia was. And yes, to your point, about six months in, I blew up that original two liter and we're off to the races. And basically what ended up happening was um, we got into the vintage rally community pretty early on, mostly by chance. Um, but that opened us up to, you know, two and three day uh, adventures that basically made it so that, you know, six or seven times a year, we're on the road doing heavy, hard hitting rallies, which gave us tons of opportunity to just shake it down and break stuff and then bring it back to life. There's there's one thing before we get too far away from it that I want to touch on. And that is the, the difference between restoring a car, like buying a car, restoring the car and then driving it. And then bu- compared to buying a car and then fixing it as yes. you go. And those are two completely different types of mentalities. Now, I'm the first mainly because I can't afford, or I couldn't ever afford to just, like just fix the whole car. You just can't do it. It, it. The cars are just way too expensive to be able to do it. So what is it that for you that made that feel better? I mean, you say you talk about how it's like you didn't have the time, you know, you wanted to just drive yeah. the car, but was there a part of you that goes, man, if I would just fix the whole thing, I wouldn't, I'd be able to drive more because I just, it would just work and wouldn't be breaking all the time. Like, why did you choose the, the, the other road that, you know, fix it as you go and, and maintain the tool? So I will say that it, the, 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 the story is quite organic. Most people buy one of these cars and their, their mode is intentional. And as it was with even just the, the choice to buy this specific vehicle or, or 911s in general, it was literally just sort of like, you know, baby steps. Each baby step opens up another set of options in front of us. And so whereas, you know, the initial idea was, holy shit, this thing's a back, basket of a bucket. Let me send some images to my brother to see if we can get all this stuff taken care of. This is just sort of the obvious thing you do. You got a bunch of rust, you fix a bunch of rust, right? Like, okay, that's what we do. Um, the, 
the fact that it was a runner meant that like, oh, well, in the meantime, before we get to that, let's go put around in it. And it was so much fun. And it was an immediate time machine. And then interestingly, here's where Josh Robots kind of comes into it. We started showing up to our group meetups. And as, as bizarre as, as it seems now looking back on it, we were such black sheep because literally every other car there was just like super correct, gorgeous, just, and this yeah. is again, uh, the early teens. So this is before our group started to evolve beyond long hoods with ducktails and Fuchs. Every, and that was very specific. If you had something newer than that, no, you don't even get this. You don't, no, you no, can park around out. the corner and walk your ass over. Like yeah. that's how that, yeah, it was, it was oh, for sure, shit. for sure. So when we would roll up and I was too stupid to know to park around the corner, I'd be like, fuck it. We'd roll up in this just, I mean, the car from about 150 yards was not offensive. But you get any closer than that and it just starts to really. Now, the reality of it was like I had done some research into how many owners back. I think I, I counted this is in 2013. I counted eight previous owners going back to 2001 and I had most of their contacts and I got some stories out of them, but for every single one of those people, it was literally like, you know, once every couple months we'll, we'll putter over to get some ice cream. Like that's what it was. It was not their sports yeah. car. It was like this funny thing that they happened to own. And then they sold it to the friend yep. who sold it to the friend to do basically the exact same thing. Right. So the the car was not a sports car. It was just like a this quirky thing that existed. And in fact, so much so, so it was under such neglect. The most common question I got was, oh, is that a 912? Which I always thought was hilarious because it's like, what <laughs> what kind of weird shade just are you because throwing? It's not yeah. nice means it's a 912? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, love to the 912 folks. It's its own beautiful thing. What a strange sort of like assumption. Anywho, yeah. we'd roll up on our group and and like not make any friends. And it was pretty, pretty clear that like we were not their people. They were not our people. But in a strange sort of way, and partially it's because of who I am and how I move through the world, that just inspired me. It's like, oh, you're going to look your nose down at me. No sweat. I'm going to come at it too hard. So the first thought that came to mind was I'm going to make some dumb shit in response to this creative person, creative industry, you know, our lives, we, we, we respond with creativity. That first piece was the donut grill badge. And it was basically what I was looking to do was make something that would have one of these schmucks come stroll up to our car because they were curious about what it was. And then the, 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 the second, like it clicked in their head, what it was, they would immediately be offended by it, right? Like I would immediately offend their sensibilities. Yeah. And so that's what it ended up being, a very classic looking grill badge. Um, what does that build? What does offending their sensibilities build? Like what does that do? What yes. is that What is that adding? You know, and, it, and it's not, I can tell that you're not coming from a place of, of spice. No, that's a, that's you know, a very done. fair question. So it, it's, it's not spice. So Self-righteousness is where it's coming from. Um, what I saw was an extreme, it was a monoculture. And um, my understanding of those communities is very often there is a dominant energy, there's a dominant viewpoint, but there are all sorts of differing opinions hidden just underneath the surface. 
But if those sort of varying points of view don't get the oxygen room to breathe, you never hear about them. So one of the things I heard from our group folks very early on, the ones who weren't assholes would come up and they would say, oh, I love your car. It just looks like it's so much fun. I wish I hadn't painted mine because now I don't feel like I can drive it, which is a sentiment that always kind of confused me a little bit because it was just like, fucking drive your car and then paint it again. Like, what, what, what are we talking about right here? <laughs> they make, they yeah, make more yeah, yeah. paint. But can, what that told it. me was what I'm seeing, because there's just such a consistent dominance to this aesthetic, um, it isn't giving room to any other ideas. There's no elbow room, right? And Well, their barometer is their reference point is only each yes. other, right? So it's, it's, it's essentially the classic echo chamber. Their stuff has to be and exist in this, in this formula because if they don't exist within that formula, then yes. they're you. And the fact that it's such right? an elite club, right? Like they did not intend to make themselves kings of the jungle in the 9-11 world. It just so happened to be that they were the only nerds in the room when these invisible cars were, you know, you could pick them up for nothing. You could pick up all these sports purpose parts for nothing. And, you know, they were the, the, the geeks who got into it early days. Um, and then when all the eyeballs started moving, you know, at, at 9-11's 50-year anniversary, all the eyes started moving in that direction. They just... It's because nobody could afford a holy car crap, anymore, we're a nice cheap yeah. sports car. <laughs> yeah. So that was really what I was responding to. It wasn't necessarily like, fuck you for fuck you's sake. It was more of a, like, um, yo, I mean, I don't know if I belong. And this has happened a lot. This even happened in the Vintage Rally community for us. And I can tell those tales if, if you're curious. But um, it was more of a, like, I don't know if, if our funk belongs here in this community, but, um, but I'm going to present it nonetheless. And if any of y'all are into it, come play. If not, no sweat, right? This ain't, this ain't the, 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 the scene for me. I will say, I was seduced early on. One of the first art group gatherings I went to, uh, a bunch of folks like, like early in the morning got together and like, yo, we're going we're gonna, to uh, go, go rip in the hills real quick and then we're going to land at Sears uh, for, uh, for, some, for some vintage uh, uh, races. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is what our group's about. Sweet. These are my people. Because, I mean, you know, like, yeah. kick the tires for, for 15 minutes and then go drive. Hell, yeah. That was the last time that happened. It, it just so happened to be because it was a vintage race weekend that that's how they were going to get up there. But, like, never again. Um, so I was a little bit suckered into sort of hanging out. Long story short, the grill badge, basically, the question was, do I produce one of these and it's hell of expensive i'm just doing an art piece or do i produce 50 of them and you know it's a, it's a little more money than than if i just make one but now i got a bunch of them and if there's anybody any jokers out there who are into this thing like i am like if they get it you know puts a grin on their faces cool and then you know then i made a couple more people happy and it was literally like oh shit um i guess i'm making a brand huh i better put a name on it <laughs> and so i grabbed my facebook handle and slapped it on the donut and we're off to the races that was the the impetus for for joshua robots and it's literally been every product that we put out since then has been in a sense a social commentary on either what i see the community as or similar to the article that you wrote about wanderlust um a flag in the sand to say hey guys see yourself in this community like for the for the types of folks that i want to go driving with I try and 
create images and representations of those people in this community so that they feel like there's a there's a window in right there's a way in they can see themselves as part of it so in a lot of ways it's just me being selfish like i'm kind of tired of of hanging out with middle-aged white fuddy-duddies right like i want like bring some flavor um yeah i mean it's it's otherwise it's all just well and you end up where our group ended up right now interestingly yeah coded to that story uh thank god our group decided to grow to expand right because it was literally at that window in time they were still like no 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 if 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 you got a g-body car you can park around the corner um that they realized the long hoods are just unobtainium right like we can, yeah. there's not going to be any young blood and all us, these old timers are like they're tired they're, they're trying to go take a nap did you ever get invited our group did you, did you Mo- take- multiple yeah. times multiple times yeah, me too. Yeah. I always yeah, no. and it's I was like, nah, it's, yeah, that's okay. It's, it's a it's a nice compliment, <laughs> and I appreciate what y'all are yep. doing. Um, but it's a different it's a different crew. It's uh it's a little bit, it's like you know middle aged white guy frat, which is like, you know, there's just too much fun shit to do in the world than 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 I mean for me personally, than to go smoke cigars with those folks. So where did the sense of you come from? What is the root of your adventuristic and somewhat enigmatic sensibilities? Like, is it, can you trace that back to something? Is there like a, like any seminal moments or was, you know, I, you posted that really wonderful story about your father, you know, about, about him passing away. And, and I, that really touched me. That's why I called you the other day. And where did that, was it him? You know, a lot of people are really influenced by their fathers. Was it that? What, where did that come from? I would say it's a combo of adrenaline junkie and creative problem solvers. So, um, in, you know, as our parents present themselves to us, probably their hairiest heydays are in their past, right? In their own comeuppance and youth. Um, but they tell tales of it, right? They tell tales of their adventures and they frame for us the sorts of things um, like here are the models of things you should get stoked on in life. Here is a life well lived, right? And that, of course, becomes um, both the bar, like here's what we got to achieve, but also here's what we got to surpass. And it isn't something that you really think on. You just sort of have a sense of like, again, a life well lived. Um, so, you know, he, my dad, my dad was an old dad. He was born in 36. And so the, the sort of the timeline of his adventures, um, he got into a lot of trouble in the 50s and 60s. And I'm talking like, you know, he and my uncle, like finding themselves in, in Bedouin tents in Morocco, shit like that, like crazy stuff. Like he yeah. had a homie in Switzerland um, who was a count and lived in a castle, like just like just weird, like, <laughs> right, weird, like, yeah, eh, come on. And then, and then these people start bubbling up, like, you know, calling up and wishing a happy birthday is like, oh, what? <laughs> so it's always the sort of like um, a, a sense of living a story worthy life and just getting into trouble. I remember uh, the first time you and I drove together, um, you, I don't know if you were curious or if you were just sparking conversation, but you asked me why it was that I said yes to go driving with you because you were heading back home. And I was like, let me just, you know, hop, hop, you know, uh, on the trail with you until Nevada. Um, 
and go to the complete opposite yeah, direction of just home. Go, just go driving. Yeah. And and it, and we didn't like we didn't know each other beyond like maybe a couple online conversations totally. and. And I was just like, I well, tell me, tell guy? me about like, could you bring that to life for me? The, the, the bizarreness of it for you. Well, you like, I didn't ask you, you <laughs> asked me, can I, can I come with you? And I was like, I never really had anybody want to go driving with me before. It was always something that I'd done by yes. myself. I'd, I'd, I'd plan rallies and stuff like that. But when I went out and went driving, no one was ever like, can I, can I come? And so I was perplexed about, why somebody w- wanted to come yeah. with me like what is like because i didn't think i'm 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 younger i now i get it after doing overcrest and and the impact and like the podcast and everything i see what it what it does right I, I understand but at the time i was like what 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 are you trying to what 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 are you doing why do you want to come with me what what part of this are you trying to uh trying to get or so i didn't know i didn't know if it was like a selfish thing or if you were trying to like leverage something i okay, didn't understand. old man chris now i just didn't what I, are you what looking back in retrospect what do you see it was probably i probably saw that you wanted to see someone else's perspective on adventuring and, and discovery like what is someone else getting out of this and maybe they can give me uh, a different perspective of of something maybe i'm missing out on you know maybe it was something like that or maybe i had a a different eyes for the road or for the world. And we could share that Nuh-uh. with each other Dude, and learn and gain. You're an and adult. Grow. I'm a child. You know what it was? This, this, this kid's got a basketball and he's going down to the courts. Let's go play. That's it. That's literally That's it. it. That's it. That's literally it. And in fact, one of the things reflecting on my own habits, um, like, you know, if we're going from here to there and there's some twisties, I'll get some, I'll have a good, good time, but I don't actually go out driving unless I'm driving with friends, right? There, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, we're all in our own little uh, steel bubbles, but driving for me is extremely social. I love to, I love to chase. I love to be chased. I love that, that like after you get out of some intense section and you have the realization, either you're just like your brain is exploding with adrenaline or you have to piss or you just need a breather, or your brakes are totally gassed. You pull over after that section, you pop out, and and like you know, whatever you're in a, in a in a train with a bunch of other car, everybody pulls off, and you get out, and that just explosion of energy and excitement of, and stoke of the people who just experienced what you experienced with you, though not with you. That for me is driving, right? Like that yeah. that moment of. Um, of just shared joy, right? And it and it and it's exactly what it is, right? It's it's playground shit. It's just I'm the opposite. I'm the complete opposite. Tell me about yours. I so so when I'm like when I go and do the rally, right? I'm out there with everybody. We all get together in the morning and everybody leaves. I I will lie and say I have overcrest yeah. stuff to do. I need to go so I can get away from peace. everybody. Yeah. And have my peace and my and my and my focus and my defrag and my like my just zone out. Like I I don't I I do like to experience driving with other people. I do. I do like it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I and I can embrace that feeling and I love creating something that everybody can do that together and have that. But for me, the most I get out of it is when I'm yeah. alone. When I'm utterly alone, when I get out of the car and I shut the door 
and it's the only door. Would you say it's about flow state and being in your own meditative space? I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even remember it half the time. You know, I don't even remember it. It's just, I was just there and it's just something that fills up my tank. You know, it's just, it just does. And getting out of the car, like in, there was a specific moment in Utah when I was, I don't, I've been through there so many times now that I don't remember when exactly it was, but I was alone and I got out of the car and I was on this crest of this gravel road and I was, you know, it was, it was on a birch trail. So it's way out in the middle of nowhere. And I got out and everything I could see, I felt like I was the only person experiencing yeah. it at that time. I was all then that I had ownership yeah. of all of it. And, and for that moment, nobody yeah. could take it from me. I don't care if it said on a title or a license or something else that it was someone else's. It was mine because I was the one having the experience. And I, I guess I just feel like if other people are there, I've, 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 I want to have that feeling a yeah. lot. That's the feeling that I go for is that emotion that was like, holy shit. And I discovered that. So that part, that's my drug that's now is that feeling and that experience. So if other people are there, that, I, I, I used to do a, because then I, I have to do to a lot of mountaineering and, and, and climbing. And I remember that specific craving and then it, that bubble getting burst when you'd run into somebody else on the trail, the, the, the sort of the purity of that isolation and literally being, so far out that you are in a world all your own and it can't be penetrated by the noise of modernity and then suddenly like you know you come around a bend and somebody be, you know you yeah and usually it's like you know they're 80 year old and hella fit right and they and they have a day pack on yeah. and you got like 60 pounds on your back um but that's really that's really interesting the when like i'm not saying i don't enjoy the part that you're yeah. talking about because I do, I love I love driving with yeah. you. That was great. It was a great social experience. But it just That's doesn't. Sweet spot. It's not my really sweet spot. Good. But I do love doing the rally because I love, I love the the the, the huge spectrum of the experiences that totally. our people are having with each other or alone or whatever it is that they choose to do. That's why we do the but rally. That speaks more to your, your you as a member of a community, right? Like you, um, the, as an organizer, what you're doing is creating a platform and creating glue for this value to sort of like this idea to, to infect more brains for more people to have this mm-hmm. collective and communal experience. That's almost like something different. In fact, I, I've, I've never actually successfully put a drive together myself, but I imagine um, it's really difficult to have a driver's experience when you're the organizer. You're probably juggling being a host. It's a. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's why I love scouting yes. the rally so much. Yes. <laughs> uh, I always say that it's like I go out and I scout the rally and I put it all together. And I want my goal in my mind when I do the route and I put everything together is to give everyone the experience or at least as close to the experience that I had scouting it. So when I go out and I scout it and I discover things that are new and I, you know, whatever, I try to like somehow package that yes. up and then like say, okay, yeah. here you go. I want you to try and t- – I don't, maybe I'm just trying to, I'm trying to force my emotions on people or force my experience on them. I don't know, but. Well, it's like, it's like trying, trying new things in an expensive restaurant, right? Like, I don't know, all these crazy fran- fancy French words. I don't know what this is. YOLO, let's try it. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll hate it. And so you're packaging up this fancy meal for folks. Give it a try. You might yeah. love it. You know, it's totally foreign to you. You may run over your headlights. <laughs> you may blow up your engine, but hey, maybe you'll still like the taste. <laughs> Oh, Lord. 
And you said one thing that you you sent me a video the other day, and you said like you said yes. primer, like primer material, right? And it was it was uh, nice Van what's Van Neistat, yeah, Van Neistat, which. I, I've watched a lot of his videos and actually Nevin, a yeah. mutual friend of ours, sent him to me like a long time ago. And I always enjoy his stuff. And one thing he's, he's doing a road trip in his, his Toyota or whatever. It's, it doesn't matter. But one thing that he said is he talked about his mm-hmm. inner child and, and, and it, and it mm-hmm. bothered me a lot. And then you talked about the, the child thing and I think you approach it maybe differently, but basically I, I, I feel like you know, like the arc of your life is like child and, and it's defined by society. You have like child, adolescent, teen, middle-aged, you know, upper age, and then you do the declining age or whatever. And I, and I hate it because I feel like it should be like a, more like a sliding scale. Like you, you just because you're here doesn't mean you're leaving things yeah. behind. And I, and I feel like people get stuck in this trap of, I'm going to bring back my inner child and I'm going to rediscover never who do. I was. And I'm like, why, why do we have to do that? Why isn't it just part of us all along? Or why can't we just be who yeah. we are and, and, and take apart the, we can, we can analyze ourselves and we can try to give ourselves new things and therefore kind of, kind of mine out of ourselves, uh, new, new, uh, new stones, right. And new things to discover, new gems, new, new elements or whatever. We can find new parts of ourselves, but why do we have to always go back and like grab this inner child and be like, ta-da, Hey, it's, it's the old me. What do you think of this? And you're like, your, your old you is like right next to you. And you're like, Hey, how you doing, buddy? What do you think of this thing that I'm experiencing? Does it, do you, do you like it as well? Because if you like it, then I will also like it because my inner child, you know what I think it it goes back to that person who's like, Oh, uh, your your car looks like so much fun. I wish I never painted my car, right? Or 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 yeah, there would also yeah. be people coming up to be that were like, um, you know, my car has been in 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 pieces for like five years. I just got to do this and this and this, and then I can get it back on the road. And they're talking to a person who literally like, um, the fact of the matter is, we did put our car up on blocks, and we cut out all the cancer that was structural. And we didn't touch any of the aesthetic rust, like any of the sort of the fenders or any of that kind of stuff. Put in new floors, put a new, you know, front suspension pan, all the stuff that will affect the car's ability to rip um, freshened. And so w- when I hear that inner child bullshit from people, to your point, it is, <laughs> it's not their inner child, right? It's their exterior. They have um, objectified in a sense those childlike sentiments, it's no longer internal. And therefore they see it as, for example, a choice, right? I will uh, appease my inner child if I start moving in this and this and this away, which is kind of bullshit. Because it means that, like to yourself, they're not being true to who they are. They're literally just looking for some, like, what kind of angle can I play to give myself the excuse Two, go drive the shit out of my car with fresh paint on it. Or two, just literally bolt my shit back together, even if it doesn't have the correct whatever the fuck, and go drive it and have fun. Yeah. Go have fun with my toys, right? They're looking for the, the angle um, that, will, that will allow them to take that leap. It's not common, right? Like, there is no such thing as, like, a this other part of me is the childlike part of me. You're either a person who... You know, I describe it as hedonistically follows their their um, their joys, 
but you know that sounds like a little, a little nefarious or yeah. impulsive whatever it, right? whatever it is do you say yes do you um see value in uh having adventure in your life and if you do you always will i talk to the wife all the time about like well <laughs> we joke about what engine we're on my I think it's five or six, whatever. Um, every time I blow up an engine, I think it's six or seven. It's, a, it's an impressive number <laughs> in the amount of years that we've owned the car. Um, every time we blow up an engine or a transmission, we have kind of a sober heart to heart. Basically, the theme of which are we still having fun? Is this still something that we want in our life? Um, because if the answer is, and it gets harder as things get more and more expensive that discussion gets different because it you know i am i am i being fair totally. to my family am i being fair to my like yeah those discussions totally get more but different. the reality is and this is i think the part those again jackasses with the my inner child bullshit don't understand if this if if we come to the point to your point about like this is this is both a pleasure and a joy but also in 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 a sense a burden right the, because these cars ain't cheap. Um, at the moment at which it doesn't make sense anymore, and you say, you know what? That was a great adventure. We're going to set that aside. Because of the type of person you are, there's another adventure coming down the line, right? We've owned the car for uh, almost a decade now. But like 11 years ago, we didn't own any cars. And before that, I owned a bunch of cars. And I was like a track rat, right? Like, so... There, for the for a certain person, there will always be adventures, and they will probably always be story worthy. Kind of circling back around to where do we get these models? You know, what do we see in our parents? These value sets, right? Like, I can't not get into trouble. It's just in my DNA. And not only can I not get into not get into trouble, I can't I can't not drive a car to the point where I'm blowing shit up, right? Because it's a hundred and one percent, and I also can't help but respond creatively to it and make fun stuff in response to it and i can't also open those creative ideas up to a larger community right it's going to be a brand so other people can get a piece of these cool ideas and i also can't try and like poison the well with my you know lefty pinko ideas about what this community could be more women and people of color right i can't help myself this is who i am in the world and when we can't afford the 911 anymore yo, we'll move on to the next adventure and I'll do the same horse shit over there, right? I feel like I'm right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at this 9-11, which the, the story of, I'm going to do a whole podcast on what happened, but it was, the, the engine was ended up being around thirty forty thousand dollars $40,000 to fix, right? So I look at that and I go, oh my God, what yeah. am I doing? This Is this fair to my family? I could do this with the money, do that with the money. And my wife is, of course, going, Ah, you can't. No, no, we don't really have much debt. What are you doing? Sure. Blah blah blah. And then I look at the Mercedes that I bought for a thousand dollars and the joy. And I and I pe- people don't believe me, but I had just yeah. as much fun in that Mercedes as I ever have had in that 911. And and it it's it just the car is the tool, and there's so many different tools in which you can use to do. I could have. <laughs> we're also going to do a podcast episode that's coming up maybe in the next couple of weeks. That is uh, for. For the money, what other cars can give you the same vibe as a 911? And there's a mm. lot of them. There's a lot yes. of cars out there that you can have a that you can have a great vibe and and go have a good time 
And we're not talking performance. It's whatever. It's a different story. But there's all kinds of different cars, and they're fun and cool, and some are expensive yeah. and some aren't. And it's just that's what's in my mind right now is is what is that that next adventure look like? And I kind of got if the 911 never would have broken that Mercedes. Sure. Never would have happened. The driven to death car yes. wouldn't have existed. You know, so like I go, should I just sell it and move on? I don't know. Maybe I need to go have. I need to go drive it on another adventure and see, like, maybe my kids will, I, who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't Interestingly, know it's, we'll your see where, path where and goes. our path is very parallel. So when my pops passed, so just before he died, we were trying to get his 65 190 on the street just to rip him around the block before he died. Didn't quite make it. Uh, we made it, well, we made it two blocks from his funeral. Um, so almost made it to that. But since then, that car has turned into a pretty serious vintage rally ripper um, had it totally refreshed uh, just to have confidence in it. And um, my dude Sutton from Morris motors sent it off to ground control and they put some like secret science shit from ground control in it such that like, if you can get it up to speed, all like 70 of its horses up to speed, it will stay there yeah. to the point of it. It looks like an optical illusion. It's like, why is this Brown tank? not slowing down. How is it carrying so much speed? It is such a joy to drive. And what that's done, because of course it's got five seats in it, right? Two in the front, three in the back. Yeah. It has allowed. Yeah. Now the family can come rally, which our nine 11, my buddy Jordan died in basically the same year, same car. And I was like, Oh shit, better put a roll bar in this and we're good. So it became a two seater. Yeah. So now that means it's either the driver and a passenger, which is the wifey or the kid. It's not the whole family. So that Mercedes yeah. opened up a whole new chapter, a different kind of joy. Like to your point of like how much fun you're having in your Mercedes, same amount of fun. Also though, a different kind of fun. And I will say, interestingly, it was my wife who came to me and she's like, I understand you got to make some choices now. What car are you going to bring to what route? Right. Because obviously she and the kid want to participate in everything all the time. But they also know that what I do in that 911 is like a very different thing than what I do in the Mercedes. Mm -hmm. um, I am the type of personality, too, who just needs uh, how to say this in a not crude way. I just I just need to almost die a lot. I need there to be, I need to be fed by that type of adrenaline and that ain't responsible with the wife and child in the car. So that's not happening in the Brown car, right? That's what that 911 lets me access the just like driving near the edge kind of energy. Um, and so for me, it would take a lot to replace that car. I don't know what it would be, but we would solve that problem. You know, if I bought that car up, we'd figure it out. It sounds like for you, the Mercedes is is basically feeding all your needs. So now you're left. We'll see. With a we'll see. I don't know. With a it's... beautiful shiny dream, um, that you might have. To, is is it is it running again? Your nine eleven. Yeah. The nine eleven. I'm one. I'm cur I'm really curious. Uh, once you get it, once you get it, uh, you know, transplanted again what that will feel like to sit back in that chair, right? Like to be back in the office, getting it. I have this, I have this fear. Imagine being like having a long distance mm -hmm. relationship 
and and then and then going back and, and mm-hmm. seeing the girl again and just being like mm, i don't know is this gonna feel the same have we changed Dude, that's okay though you know, right like what how could that possibly be a bad thing i know but i still fear it i know i fear it because and i've i, I i've had this conversation a couple of times with other people it's like i feel like that 9-11 for a long time was like stitched yes. to me right i mean it was like i yes, wore that yes. car it was it was it was it was part of me, and that seems crazy as like a physical object. It was part of me, so I'm like, if I got rid of that car, it would almost be like an amputation. And and I feel like I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna go over there and this and this and this extension of myself has become gangrenous, and it needs to be removed. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I I have to wait and see. So all these feelings have led me to the just this innate fear and anxiety about going to get the car and have it back again. Which is probably going to happen, hopefully, within the next there's, little while. There's a, okay, so um, I used to own an E30. It was so sexy, clean. I can't take credit for it. Previous owner did all the very tasteful mods on it. But it was one of those vehicles where it's like, I want for nothing. And it scared the shit out of me because it was doing so many things for me that it was like, oh, no. My car story is over. Like, this is going to be it, right? It was both wonderful because it's like, I... I I love everything about this experience, but it also kind of spooked the crap out of me because it's like, but I'm a curious person and like, oh no, I, I will never have a reason to let this go because it's doing all the things I needed to do. And then I hit an Oregon State Trooper in it and that ended its story. Thank God, because it opened up like all of the adventures since. The fact that you have yeah. that little tickle of... This thing was like an, a limb of mine, and now I'm having these dangerous thoughts of like, do I not need it in my life anymore? That's a blessing, right? Like that you that you can even yeah. entertain the thought of of maybe you're beyond it. Oh, that that gives you room to tell a fresh story, to tell a new story. That thing's never not going to have been an important part of your life, but like right. You sound hungry to me, you know, like, uh, dude, I'm like, I've owned probably almost a hundred cars at this point. You know, even though the 911 yeah. was there, I was yeah, always yeah, yeah. just like, like stirring the soup over here, like driving and experiencing all so these in different a sense, things. You th- know? It's very so abnormal. The 911 was always there, but to be hanging on to it like this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. It is. It's very, mm. very strange. You know, it's very strange. Even before the 911, I mean, leading up to the 911 was like five cars of like yeah. buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Oh shit! I could yeah. buy a nine eleven, you know, and like, and then I bought one, and then it's like, ah, I don't like this one anymore. Then I bought this other one, and then it became like this thing where I wrote some articles about it, and then I started working on it and learning with it, and then I was like, wow! And of course, you notice when something works, yes. right? You notice when a when a formula works, like the the articles were working, the the photography was working, and then like the rally was working, and then I'm like, and then the, and it was all kind of associated with this car, and I'm like, and then I'm like, is it? Then you have to go, well, is it because of the car or is it because it's because of me? And then it'll go, obviously, the car is just a, like a like an appendage. So it's not the car. So then yeah. you need the car. And this is all stuff I experienced over the last year. I like I obviously yeah. I don't need the car. I don't need the car. So it just becomes the point of like, do I want the car or not? So and then I won't know. I, I'm, I'm waiting to make that decision until I go and, and, and experience it again. And, and I'm really I'm like. I'm really excited. It's like, a can I make a prediction? And I hope it doesn't tank what actually happens. I, okay. No, 
No, no, I don't want to hear it. You can you can tell someone. Well, I will else. tell you. <laughs> they can tell car, you if you're right um, uh, between engines that I would blow up. Basically, the you know I would pull some Houdini shit. Uh, vintage rallies are are usually on the calendar. They usually set about thirty days apart, and through just each time I pull a rabbit out of the hat, I blow up an engine on one rally, and in thirty days I'd source and stuff something new in there, ready for the next rally. Um, COVID changed all of that. Like my streak was over. Um, in the middle of COVID, I busted a transmission, and the car was on blocks for nine months, nine months. And in fact, your drive out to Idaho was the first time I had driven it in nine months. And just to hear the sound of that obnoxious exhaust, everything came flooding back to me, like all of my attraction and, um, and it was like it woke something up in my brain I'd forgotten was a really important for just mental health, right? Like, what does this car do for me? Just the, the note of it. It's almost like one of those, you know, uh, when you walk into a home and it smells like baking cookies, right? It immediately makes you feel safe and comfortable. It was that same thing. Just to hear that exhaust note immediately said, oh, yes, this is the vehicle where we get it. Right. This is the I pre I predict that that's what it's going to be like. I do. I predict that I but I but I don't want to try and pigeonhole myself. I want to yeah. just wait. And you'll see. have you'll have the adventure. And you a have. lot of yeah, And if the car was worth if the car was worth what I paid for it, it wouldn't even be mm. a question in my mind. It's that's distracting. Hard is, you know, the I, value. It's extremely distracting because realistically, there was a car that's slightly nicer than mine hammered down for two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. My car's not worth that. It's probably worth 125 mm-hmm. or 150 grand with the motor, and it's a nice car, and it's Albert Blue, it's desirable, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. But it's still, it's but still there. Of course. How yeah. does it not? How does it not? How does it not, like, bug you? How? How, how can it not be something that so crosses we, your mind? So we, in our family, we had to make a conscientious decision to regard cars in general as being, this is where, sports car vacation land comes from being a, 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 just an opportunity for vacation. It is vacation money. These cars, including the, to own them, to maintain them, to fix them, everything about it. And the thing about vacation money is that's it. Like, what do you have after you got some pictures, right? You got, maybe you got a t-shirt out of the deal. You got memories, vacation money. Right. Um, and that is a, super privileged, luxurious choice that most people can't afford to make, right? Because the, the reality is they do cost hella money to keep on the road, especially when you whoop on them. And that yep. it is value just sitting there, right? Like that shit sitting in your garage, your garage burns down, value. There's a, there's a baggie of cash that just went up in smoke, Right. Um, and that really does, it, you can't, um, unless you're a dumbass like myself, it's really difficult to do that mental judo to actually experience it in that very liberated, like it's just vacation money sort of perspective. I. So what's, what's better than being 
wealthy and to the point where you can drive the car as yes. you wish and it doesn't matter, or having it be something where it, it's precious because you can't you can't really afford it. So it's this Absolutely. precious thing. If you can if you can breach the wall of it's so precious I can't use it, and 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 live in that world of yeah. using it anyway. I, think I will say you and I you and I live in a at. sweet spot where we can barely afford to rip on them, right? And that, to your point, allows you um, a sense of reverence such that you're not an asshole, um, but not so much that it, that it, it's, it, you know, it's like, um, like alcoholism having a negative impact on your, on your life or the life of people around you kind of a thing. The, the sort of the fiscal or the physical danger that you put your family in by having this as part of your life, right? It's not so high yep. that it's that type of burden. And yet you're not so wealthy. I mean, we live in a weird world where the majority of people who own these vehicles at this point can very much afford them, right? And part of the reason yep. why they are attracted to folks like us is because we, just by the, 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 the reality of our existence, we're keeping it real, right? There is a sense of um, struggle in the way that we experience this, right? As opposed to just like the check is easy to cut. What's hard is the taste level or what's hard is the like, do I want a short wheel base car, long wheel base cars, you know, whatever the, the, the right. kink is. Well, now you can, you can just go search whichever hashtag is the most popular and then you can look at the car <laughs> within the first six tiles and go, these are the, yeah. this one. We, you can basically, you can figure out the formula of cool very Totally. Easily. And I think, like I say, I think that's, that's what lends a little bit of authenticity to the experience that we're ha having. Um, and that's why people are attracted to us and our stories and what we produce from our adventures. Um, but I will also say, I thought on this a lot. That also exists as, insofar as like what, what car you're whooping on to. Like if I was in a Ferrari 308 whatever the magnum pi is right that's a pretty bottom barrel ferrari like you could probably do what we do in one of yeah. those cars um that that's sort of creeping into the like you're an asshole territory right like why are you doing that to that car if i was doing the same thing in like dude i get that all the time in my car i get that oh, all the time see i regard oh, our cars I, as, I, as the sweet spot of like it is a hard they're hard working cars yeah, dude, you're you're, Oops. you're, not, you're not normal. <laughs> Most people don't think that way. I I get lots of hate mail. I get lots of hate mail, probably because my car is is beautiful, visually yes. so yeah. nice. It, it's visually so nice, but I mean, if you get close, like the rear flares are yeah. fucking destroyed. I mean, they just yeah. look like a colander. They're well, thank God. You know, so you, it's, <laughs> but so it's but <laughs> so but it's just like I think that might be why I get so much grief. I mean, your car looks like I want to I want to read, you know, you talk about sports car vacation. Line, I want to read a part of an article I wrote, including you. And one of the things that I say in the article is when you we went and drove our cars for two days, beat the shit out of them for two days on gravel, not gravel, high, low, here, there, everywhere. And your car looked exactly the same as when it got there when you left. Right. So it's it, it doesn't it doesn't invoke the same amount of <gasps> yeah. what has he done, you know, as it as it does with mine, because it's. It's super yes. fucking shiny. Yes. <laughs> so so I get a lot of I, I take a lot of pain 
or people how do you receive that is it is it oh you poor fools if only you knew the joy that i'm experiencing or is it like i just say you don't know where i was going you only saw where i was that's basically i've just basically it's it's this cliche of is the mm-hmm. juice worth the squeeze, right? So you see that video I just, the reel I just posted where it's just like, cram, and I'm just driving <laughs> my car through the thing up on, mm-hmm. to get onto Burt Trail. I wanted to go drive the Burt Trail switchbacks. I wanted to go drive the Burt Trail. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that spot. It means a lot to me. I wanted to be there. I had to do that to get there. That's it. It wasn't an abuse of the car. I wasn't like, ha yeah. let's fucking do this. Let's smash this fucking whatever. I know I just needed to yeah. go. I needed, I needed to go from here to there, and that was in the yeah. way, so I just did it. You know, so it wasn't abuse. Everybody's like, oh, you're abusing. And I'm like, abuse comes from malice and uh, intentional malice. Well, there's such an irony to the choice of that word abuse because I guarantee if these cars have souls, your car is stoked that the driver said, yeah, 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 let's go over there. (laughs) Like, no happier of a car, right? So, like, not abuse. The car is stoked. I remember that same same water crossing. It wasn't, I mean, it was dry, like, dry bed. I can't remember yeah. who two other drivers when we rolled up on that spot, they were sitting there just as the, as the asphalt turns to dirt before it dips down and they were just eyeballing it. I, I don't even think they were looking at it as like, is there a line we could take? It was literally more like frustration. Like, why is this on the route? Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I was just, I was puzzled by them staring it down. Cause where I'm coming from, it's literally like, um, I mean, this is what we're doing, right? Like, what, what, what's, what's the holdup? And so I, I rolled up to the line and opened up the throttle wide open. Um, and I think they were just, it was one of those things where it's like they weren't looking at it uh, to basically figure out how they would get across successfully. They were thinking of it as in like, um, this thing is not for us, right? Why? Why is it for them? Why this, can't they get And this is the them? limiting factor. Same with, with homie, I just painted my car, now I can't go drive. Because what happens, what happens if I don't make it across, right? And for you and I, well, th- then we solve that problem. Figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, what are yeah. we even yeah. doing out here? And also, if there's no risk yeah. of you coming home on a flatbed, or if there's no risk of you um, having a, an experience that you didn't expect to have, you're coming home with a pretty boring weekend, right? Like, what what stories will you tell of that experience? We did. That's always the battle, because if you look at the routes that we do, there's a safe route, yeah. and then there's my route, right? So there's, there's two. You can go yeah. the way I went. Or I made a way that you can go around and do the other. And I would say 90% of the people, especially last year, yeah. took the safe route in Idaho. And you have to tell me, was it like, how, what was it like driving my let route? Me, what was the, let what me was say the experience this. like? I used to be extremely judgmental about people who took alt routes or drove around or didn't do the dirt. And it, and it isn't even a factor of our car's hella ratty. And so it doesn't matter because if we balled our car up and we bought a shiny car, we'd be out there just the same, right? Like the car, as I say, it's vacation money. This is a tool to go get our willies. And this is the route. And thank fucking God, Chris uh, is a little bit of a nutball that this is the route he picked. 
because part of the reason we go on these drives is to go experience places that we would never have an, an excuse to go experience, right? And how dope is it that we could do it in this car, right? This is exactly the car I would want to be out here on. So like I say, that used, my perspective used to be super judgy of like, eh, like if you, if you were, your car's too low or whatever it is, you shouldn't, you just should have brought the other car or get over it. Like you're gonna, you're gonna fuck up the bottom right. of your car. The, the, the point that grew beyond that was realizing, you know what? What I get out of this experience is rich. It isn't necessarily what somebody else is looking to get out of this. And so me throwing shade on somebody not doing, as I would consider it, the root, right? Any alt root isn't the root. Um, yeah, but it's like a dog that doesn't want bacon. There are those dogs. Like, every dog loves Sort of. But, but if you could just get them to experience the bacon, they would Absolutely. Like but again, bacon. we're in that fancy fresh restaurant and there's a bunch of words nobody understands. And there's some fool who just, this is not their environment. And you're asking them to eat some crazy shit, right? You're asking too much of them. Baby steps. Baby steps. And maybe they'll see your video. Yeah, oh, for sure. And they'll say, sure. oh, that wasn't too bad. Maybe they'll see that video and they'll be like, mm, nah, I'm good. But my guess is, the vast majority, especially as we share, one of the reasons why I started making content videos and, and, and shooting stuff for the gram was literally, like I grew up in skateboarding, they're skate videos, right? My videos are skate videos. They are videos designed to get people stoked to go out and have their own experience. And in a similar way, they're going to see other people on that drive. They're going to hear those stories. They're going to hear either A, that it wasn't so bad, or B, that it was super hairy, but a good time nonetheless. And maybe they'll think twice next time, right? Maybe they'll come out. Who knows? Look what everybody shares when they, what does everybody share? Nobody, everybody thinks that it's, by looking, you would think that Overcurse yeah. has no time. Yeah. yeah. You would think that by what everybody's posting, what's worthy of sharing yeah. is that is that. You know, so everybody, I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, the, the juice that you squeeze out of that stuff is worth it. You just have to be willing to take the leap. And, and if, he, hey, if you have like a, like a 911 turbo and it's super nice and you just can't drive yeah. it on the ground, hey, I get it. Maybe buy a Volvo. Too Straight up, because you're going to have a lot more fun in that. that. I will say it's very decent Bring and it. kind of you for having an alt route. And that it, it yeah. really yeah, depends on um, what you guys want your rally to be like. The vast majority of rallies that I go on, um, there is no out route. You are doing the dirt if you want to get to the end, right? Like, there are no queens. That isn't to say that there aren't fucking gorgeous, crazy-ass cars. But it is understood. If you're coming out on these drives, what you're getting yourself into, and I got to tell you, it self-selecting it creates a beautiful community of weirdos right you get people with interesting cars with interesting perspectives on the world and everybody's down similarly to yep. i think i complimented you on this before how the fact intentional or otherwise the fact that your drives are so remote and always on a different part of the map means that there's a barrier to entry anybody who's going to be on your drive 
had to put in miles to get there. And that by its very nature is a nice type of self-selecting. So even if they're coming out in a GT car, they can't be that much of a princess. Although I guess now saying that out loud, there's a couple (laughs) folks trailering and flying in, but we'll leave that discussion for another day. Yeah, we can, we can talk about the merits of suffering that with that. we can another time. I want to, I want to wrap this up with, I want to read to you. Did you ever I read did, the article? I, I wrote, much appreciated I, it. You did. All right. I want to read this. Most people haven't heard this. This is, this is me writing about my experience with, with Jaji and I'll try and read this without flubbing it, but I'm sure I will. Sunday morning, I left Rensport behind and headed East. I'd be meeting up with Joshi robots. It's a name. Everybody in the Porsche community that actually drives their car seems to know. We met at a gas station in Porterville, California. Over its convenience store Mexican food, we talked about why he was even there. It all starts with respect, he said. You and Jim Bauer are the folks who planted the seed that these things could and should be thrashed in style. I started making a habit of driving with as many folks who were down as possible. You seem like you like to party, and lo and behold, it is true. We're in for a moment, and it might not last forever, so gotta get it while the getting is good. For guys like Joshy, his 911 is a ticket to what he calls sports car vacation land. Lots of cars earn patina by sitting around. Decades of newly uncovered dust and surface rust turn to gold when barn doors fly open. Those kind of cars have gotten their patina like an athlete who's let himself go. The best patina is earned. Joshy's 69 911 with no equivocation has earned much of its patina. Forcing down an enchilada, I mentioned battle wounds in the bottom of our cars. I mentioned that my gas tank skid plate and floor pans look like an art installation. Josh thought for a moment and said, you know that part of the transmission that holds the clutch cable? I tore that off once. His wing window is filled with stickers for rallies he's been on. It's unlikely Joshy washes the car. Dents are left unbothered. It's on his fourth engine since he bought it. So that's four. So I know you're at least on six. That transmission clip, I've hit like five or six of those. I'm always worried about that thing now. Uh, It would be sacrilegious if you weren't such a sincere embodiment of what the car represents. If anyone else drove it, they'd be trying way too hard. Joshy isn't trying to be anything or anyone at all other than a guy always looking for a ticket to sports car vacation land. I had two tickets, one for me and one for my new kin. The pass through the southern Southern Sierra Nevada range starts just beyond Porterville to the east. It cuts to the Sequoia National Forest and puts out west of Death Valley. Cell signal-free towns dotted our way to the start of the climb. Joshy filled the rearview mirror left to right with sugar scoops as we flew up in elevation. I marveled at his uncracked windshield. Horsepower dropped precipitously. Lift oversteer became intentional rather than accidental. Towards the top, the tires howled as they were clutch-kicked around the switchbacks. It was hot in the valleys, and the two cars got warm, mine creeping up for 240 degrees. The road split left, continued up and over the range, whereas right and south led down into a river valley. The plan was left, but it was partially blocked off with a road close sign. About half a mile to the south, we found a steak joint with a matching general store. It hadn't been on the map. Outside, a young girl in a flowered summer dress had a collection of toy guns. She asked us, Sir, would you like to buy a gun? I did not. Inside, her grandfather stood behind a cash register filled with big, round plastic keys that probably pushed giant internal levers. He was tall, wearing stonewashed overalls and a plaid shirt. I expected him to be a typical small-town storekeeper, friendly and talkative. Instead, he felt distance, distant and a matter of fact. He, we asked about the road that was closed and found that it wasn't closed until its end. So basically, we, we, could, we could go all the way to the top, 
And then that was it. Then we had to come all the way back down. After a brief discussion, Joshi nodded, and we headed back to the split and took up off the, towards the pass. Earlier the, earlier, the scenery changed as the elevation seesawed up and down. Lower on the pass were knurled rocks, bristled bushes, and scraggly trees. Wild sage added a cheerful yellow as we crested into the tree line. The tall, skinny pines wrapped around the mountain like a belt holding up its weighty peaks. The pass sat at 5,575 feet, and we went no further. With the road closed, no one else came. We were alone to philosophize on why anyone would martyr themselves doing all this in the first place. With the detour up the pass, and now having to head south instead of east, it changed what should have taken hours into all day. On gravel roads, the wheel lips filled with dust mysteriously held in place. The engine compartments were a disaster as well. Nowhere left untouched by dirt. Joshi's car looked the same as it did when he showed up, doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And that was it. The next morning, you just left. <laughs> you know, that was it. You, were, you know you, why? You peaced out. Because it got flat. Why? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I, you know, there's a thing. Like, dude, I think I got to write this article. There is a case to be made for the straight road. I love, I love driving across Nevada. I love, I love the yes. vanishing point. I can't get enough of just seeing basically to the, to the end of my human capability of vision. I can, the road goes farther than that. And there's something about that image and that, and that it's a thrill almost. I just can't see the end. I, yeah. so I just keep driving and it, and I can just, I love it so much, man. I can, I get just as much fun driving my nine eleven there alone mm -hmm. as I did with you being on the, just flat, just sure. nothing, just vacuous emptiness, just nothing. I, I, there's a case to be made for those roads. Yeah, I see it. They're not just traversing. Well, and I and I wonder too um, if it's just about balance, right? I, I there's an interesting thing that'll happen on a rally. Um, new guys will when there is a traverse between a technical section and two, two technical sections, um, you know, a long straight or even like fast sweepers, they'll keep it wide open. They'll punish the shit out of their car, right? And and uh, old heads will back way off. Old timer, yeah, just chill. because yeah. they realize yeah. this is the moment in where your brain gets oxygen. This is where you get to to yeah. be at peace and and, um, and and also uh, like experience the gratitude for where you are and what you're doing and what you just did and what you're gonna do and just like. What a luxury this life is. Like, what are we doing out here? Well, it's, it takes a lot less processing power to drive on that road, right? I mean, your brain is totally far less. Almost, but you have almost to, nothing. I don't know if you have to be wise enough to to slow up in those moments. You, you, you have to notice them, right? Like, you have to see that, oh, this is, this is the, the, the part where I get to cool out. Um, but you also, there's a certain confidence in knowing it's like, you know, there's good times behind us. There's there's even better roads up ahead, and this is the this is the point where I get to breathe. You know, it's it's the it's the um, overture between these two really intense experiences. It's not something that comes naturally, right? Especially 
when you're on a rally where it's like, go, go get it. Like, this is what we're doing out here. Um, but it is, it is really, um, fulfilling. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 it rounds out an experience. I used to be, when I would plan rallies a long time ago, 15, 20 years ago, I would always fear mm. having those areas in the rally be like, oh my God, this is going to yeah. be boring for people. Now I'm like, now I'm like, I need, sure. I try to find it. Like, what is yeah. a good place for this? Where, where is this? Where is this good? Where should it exist? I mean, where will people need a break? Sometimes it's not there. Yeah. They just have to pound through. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that, and that's okay too. Um, last question before, Maybe. before I let you go. Why is it worth all the suffering? Because you have suffered. And, and, is, and is it because progress has ruined people's ability to make a choice to sacrifice? And why is sacrifice? There is no suffering. They are only stories. Um, when crazy shit happens, the reason we regard it as crazy is because it's unexpected. This is not what I was planning to happen. But the most um, boring moments I've ever had in my car is when everything went just as you expected it to. And I will say also, you know, I was referring earlier to the car being sort of an organic project as things fail, we fix it. We usually kind of go up the food chain. Um, I get bored when we don't break stuff because we can't change stuff. Right. Um, but it's, but it is, is it only not no, suffering in hindsight? It's not suffering by choice. Because, I mean, is there a difference between, is it because you've chosen that it's not suffering or is it just considered hardship instead of suffering? Because this, I mean, it's there's stuff that has happened to me where it, it could be seen as suffering by a lot of other people who go, wow, that dude had to sit in the rain mm -hmm. on the side of the road and get eaten alive by mosquitoes for three hours. So, tow truck yeah. Like that's, that was suck to many people. That's suffering. But in hindsight... It's just part of the story, and it makes the story worth telling, and it and it, it provides the contrast needed to 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 weave a tale, right? You know, you need that. So, is it just because it's hindsight and it's part of the story that's not suffering? Because at the time, I I remember being like, "Oh shit, this I am fucking freezing." I think there's this a sucks. difference between this sucks and I'm suffering, right? Uh, to be able to quiet your thoughts and see the situation you're in, you know, there's there's a Two things. One, the folks who feel that way and who look at your experience and say, holy shit, you suffered. Those aren't folks who would ever be out there, right? Like they would never put themselves in that position in the first place. And if they did, it would be a very rare occurrence. The other thing, and I think this is just a way that a person moves through life. This is an oversimplification, but there is truth in it. You're not dead. So what the fuck are you bitching about? And if you are dead, then like you're like... <laughs> There's nothing to complain about anyway. You're not, you're not right? suffering at all. All the rest of it yeah. is just how it went down. And as soon as you can access that part of your brain, you can let go of the anxiety of, I wish this were simpler. I wish there, this were more predictable. I wish this had gone a different way, right? And you can instead access the like, oh, this is where we are right now. We're having this experience. I had never had this experience before. And by the by, most people don't have this experience. This shit's crazy. I'm going to try and be here in this moment. I will tell you, after blowing up the engine. That's hard, man. That's hard because a lot of times you don't know the, like how hard things are without the, the gift of retrospect. 
You know, you don't know, like, when you're in the moment, something's hard, and you don't know what the, you have to be okay with knowing that you do not know what the solution is and rolling with it, right? You have to be able to do that. But some people aren't able to to appreciate what's happened until that they're That dirt road that I blew up the latest three-liter on out in Idaho, about a 100-mile stretch, yeah? We were about 50 miles into it when we blew yeah. up. So you go back, you go forward, you're in the same situation. Let's go forward. Nevin and I crawled out of that at around 1,500 RPM. The whole way, just creepy crawly, doing about like seven miles an hour. It was so incredibly peaceful. Neither he nor I had any sort of anxiety about what's up ahead, what it's going to be, what happens when this thing, you know, starts to climb into a pass and they're, this engine won't put us over that pass. We will deal with that as it comes. Why are you future tripping, right? Where we are right now is in a vehicle that will limp in the direction we'd like to go, right? And if that sun goes down and it gets cold out here and we get hungry, we will solve that or we won't, right? right. But the reality is this, is this is where we are right now. And we have choice. We have the choice to suffer. Or we have the choice to say, holy shit, we're out in the boons in Idaho. This is amazing. I wish I, wish I was yeah, doing 80 in this dirt think... like I was 20 minutes ago, but I'm not. <laughs> and this is good too, right? Yeah, it's America. It, it, the, the risk is not, you can pretty yes. much be anywhere and totally. you're going to be fine, right? I mean, this isn't, we're not totally. in Belize, right? If you were if you were driving fifteen hundred RPMs in Belize and you didn't know where you are, trouble. you're you might be in trouble. If but that same mentality, Idaho, this is the only road. You that same mentality out. will carry you through the experience in Belize, just as it will in Idaho, right? Like you will need to access the sure. same part of your brain, and in fact, you will. Yeah. <laughs> The folks who pulled off with us in the dirt and were like trying to problem solve with us, we got so many looks of just like not incredulity. It was more, it was more just sort of like, I don't get you. I don't get why you're not freaking out. I don't get why you're not just like leaving this thing here and hopping to ride with us into town. Like, I don't get it. And I get that they don't get it. They're also the folks who couldn't access that part of the brain that's, again, we ain't dead yet. And when we do die, we ain't going to care anyway. It's all good. All right, man. Dude, I really appreciate you hanging out. And uh, depending on where I go with the car when it's yeah, done, maybe driving. I'll come visit you. Yeah. Show me some roads up there. I'll try to keep up. All right, Thank man. you, sir. Take care of yourself. Ladies.